0: It's time for
1: JT the Brick. The
0: business I chose. That is real. That is bleeping real right now. Why am I bringing this up? It's what I do best. I screw up five times a day before breakfast. I'm not going crazy on this one. I'm not. I'm not going crazy. Does anybody listen to me? We talk balls on sports radio. JT the Brick. I don't have notes in line. I just It's off the top of my head. The whole radio show's off the top of my head. I don't have a three-hour pre-show meeting like those other guys where the interns write the show. It's all off the top of my head. We make memories on this show for the Raider Nation. Jump on with us. Do your job. Win these games. Let's be up. Ten points in the fourth quarter. Let's go in and shock the world. We are not the official show of the practice squad. I want to talk about the starters and the impact guys. We're going to put this team on the map. If this is too hardcore for you, turn the channel. Don't embarrass Bobby. Wow, I can go in ten different directions today. No half-ass effort. I bring passion and energy for every second I'm on the radio. And now, it's a tweet. Don't take it too seriously. Here's JT the Brick. Whoa, out of the gate. Big, big, big show alert. C. Wood, Charles Woodson just confirmed. The Hall of Famer, Raider, and Packer legend, and I got him, Packer Week. Way to go. Brought to you by Woodson Bourbon Whiskey. How about that? All right, you want a shot of adrenaline? Once a Raider, always a Raider. I deliver. Charles Woodson, actually the Raiders delivered. want to thank the great alumni department that came through for me today. Every Wednesday is once a Raider, always a Raider. We are proud partners with Woodson Bourbon Whiskey. And we get Charles coming up here, which is big because it's put up or shut up week here on Raider Nation Radio. How about that? That's a new title here. We got to get everybody rolling and in on the same page. We got to get everybody on the same page, even the people that are whining and crying and moaning and just all butthurt and just freaking out, which y'all have the right to do, but I don't have to sit here and agree with you on everything. We got to get you on the same page because Monday night's a big one. And Monday night, we, the season ticket holders, you, the member of the Raider Nation, we need a win. Have to have a win. You want to call it a must win? You go and say whatever you want to do. You want to talk about the importance of this going forward? Yeah, it's real important. This team needs to win on Monday night because this team put themselves in a hole at one and three. This team should not be at one and three. They should be at two and two. And they should be in a position to go to three and two and then four and two and five and two. And the season would look drastically different if that was the case. Look, it's not shameful to lose to the Buffalo Bills and the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, that's not the end of the world. Losing to Buffalo and Pittsburgh is not the end of the world. You like to win those games. And losing to the Chargers in L.A., you know, that's a pick em game. Chargers were a heavy favorite out of Vegas. They were the favorite. They have a better roster than the Raiders. But they had guys who were out. They had guys who were out. Mike Williams was out. Derwin James was out. Joey Bosa was out. But what hurt the Raiders the most was the situation that Jimmy Garoppolo was not able to go. And again, as we open up the show here and we look to get official status coming up here on what's going to happen at the quarterback position, we'll cover it here with Kevin Bollinger from Fox 5 and, of course, Vinny Bonsignore. Who's going to join us as we get more clarification. I'm joined by the coach tomorrow. Josh McDaniels. Sorry we don't cancel the interview because you don't like him. Or or you're not comfortable with it. Uh, We're trying to win a game here. We're trying to win a game here. You ever hear that term? I've heard it from many coaches over the years. We're trying to win a game here. So if you're with me and trying to win a game. I know if if they don't win the game where you're going to be. You're going to be crawling up my back blaming me. So I might as well go for the win here today. And if you're with that and you think they can win the game, jump on in. If you don't think they can win the game and you're going to be critical, please call also, just don't make it personal. A lot of people getting personal now. A lot of people going and crossing the line and getting personal. I could give a crap how long you've been a Raider fan. Let me repeat, in a promo in three, two, one. I could give a crap how long you've been a Raider fan if you make it personal. If you don't make it personal, you can do whatever you want. Once you start crossing the line and saying things to certain people on the flagship station, you've crossed the line. If you don't understand that, it's shocking to me because you're smart, you're energetic – And you know the franchise and you know the team and you know the difference between the team radio station and the team website and the team shows compared to the enemies of the state and those who hate the Raiders. So you might be a Raider fan and be really upset with the Raiders right now. All I ask you to do is show a level of respect and maturity. That's it. And you can do whatever you want. There are no rules here. Bobby insists, no rules. Everybody can come in do what they want to do. Unless you have to become a juvenile prankster idiot and make things personal about the team you so-called love because in your Twitter bio you claim to be Raider Tony, Raider Vinny, Raider whatever, and then you just go on social media and crush the team you supposedly love. You can do that on social media because the majority of people are anonymous. So they can do that. They don't do that when they bump into the coach in a restaurant. They don't do that when they bump into a player. They don't do anything there. They, They take out a pen and ask for an autograph. But on social media, they're widely different. So again, I'm worked up. I'm worked up because they have to win this game. And I hate having to do that type of radio. I despise it. I want everybody to be two and two. I want everybody to be three and three. I want everybody to be four and four because when you're four and four, you're involved, you're engaged, you're like hopeful. When you're one and three, if you're one and four, if you're 0 oh and four, you're lost. Then you're done, and I got to still come up with all this content, which we're doing today. Who else in the nation has Charles Woodson, Vinnie Bonson, Kevin Bollinger? Tomorrow I got Leroy Butler, another great Packer legend here. We're doing our job. We are doing our job to try to get through this week by week by week with a sense of urgency. no panic. You might say, "What do you mean? No panic? You sound like you're panicking. Well, that's just my tone of my voice. And that's who I am. I'm a quiet man named John at home. I'm J.T. the brick behind the microphone, and I am worked up because they got to win this game. Got to. I'm done with. We got to clean it up. Done. Bobby's right. We're done. I don't want to hear about an offensive lineman jumping off sides. Don't want to hear about some guy lining up in the neutral zone. Don't want to hear about a guy hitting a guy out of bounds in a critical game that you have to win 15 yards. I'm done. Clean it up is over. No more clean it up. We gave four games to clean it up. And, again, I side with the coaches on this, not the players, and I'm very (laughs) player-friendly. I think I'm friendly to the players. I emcee a lot of their events. I help them with their charity work. I'm pro player. But when the player jumps off sides – and the player drops a pick six, and the player isn't prepared in his scheme to be where he needs to be, you better believe I'm pro coach, because I know for a fact the coaches didn't coach him up that way. Coaches didn't coach him that way all week in Henderson. They coached him where to line up, and if they lined up wrong, they blew the whistle, they stopped the practice and walked through, and they corrected it. And if they didn't get it, they corrected it in film study. You know, they videotape practice, and they look at all of that, and they make sure everything is perfect. And they correct it in film and the walkthrough in practice, so there are no more excuses. But what happens is when you're playing in front of a hostile environment and it's loud and you can't hear the snap count or this or that, people make mistakes. People make mistakes. And if you make a physical mistake, a physical mistake, no problem. You drop a ball, that's a physical mistake. Trayvon Merrick dropped an interception, hit him right in the hands. Okay, that's a physical mistake. Not mental, he did his job. But we're trying to clean up the mental mistakes and play a clean game. And I think the Raiders are available to do that right now. Uh, the, a lot of people, Raider fans, think the Raiders are a bad football team. I don't think they're a bad football team. I think they're a decent team, above average team, that's not executing well. I'll live with that comment. But if they end up going 1-5 and five and 2-9, and nine, they're going to be a bad football team. And what I'm trying to do is see if this team can pivot and go win two in a row. Or three in a row. First time I can remember in a long time, I'm not talking one at a time. Like, I'm not, that's me usually. Hey, one game, get me one win. No, I'm past that. I got to do this job for, till past the Super Bowl, hopefully. And I I need them to win a block of games now. Okay? Block of games now. So, how are they going to do that? Well, they need to get the quarterback back on the field. That's for sure. Uh, They need Devontae to be healthy after he got hurt and went into the. Locker room, hopefully everything's good there, don't have that status. And we need the guys who are playing average and not doing their job well to play better. That's what we need to happen in this game. Because if a guy comes in, if an offensive lineman gets beat like four times and gives up two sacks, just, just get, him, get him off the field. Bring in the practice squad, guys. Bring it in. This is it. You got me? This is it. If you're, not, if you're missing tackles, we have players who are suited up, who are available to play, who are professional football players, and they'll do their job better. Get, get into the pile, strip the ball, catch the ball if it's thrown to you, even on defense, and get down on special teams and tackle, which is not a problem. Carlson, make your kicks. He always does. A.J. Cole, pin him back. He usually does. And then decide who you want to be in the red zone decide what you want to do in the red zone. Do you want to be Fred Bolitnikoff? Do you want to be Cliff Branch? Do you want to be Dave Casper? Do you want to be Marcus Allen? Who do you want to be? That was pretty good, right? Because the film's in the building. The film's in the building. All those plays are there. This coach has a tremendous elite history of calling plays. He does. That will not get wiped out here in the first four games. I will not forget the career legacy of Josh McDaniel's play calling. It's at a very high level. What's happening here now, it's not confusion. It's just that they're not calling the right plays when they get in the red zone with authority and confidence. They're just not running them right. The play might be perfect, but they're not executing the play. No play pissed me off more this year than when Jimmy threw it out of bounds to Jacoby Myers on third down against the Steelers. I'm like, what the hell is that? Throw the ball inbounds on a crossing route near the goalpost. Let something happen. Don't throw the ball out of bounds. I'm pretty upset that Aiden O'Connell threw it to Jacoby Myers with his back to the ball. That was a mistake that is not acceptable by a rookie, a 10-year veteran. That can't happen. And I'm upset that Josh Jacobs didn't get the ball on the goal line. I think he would have scored on that play. But there's coaching and there's, you know, the defense is there. You got a really good defensive coach, not a good head coach in Staley, very good defensively. So with all of that, run the plays that you ran in Henderson and run them better. Not perfectly, just run them better. And if you run them better, I think the Raiders will win the game. I'm very confident. I was very confident that the Raiders would beat Denver. I was confident they'd beat the Steelers. And I was confident they'd beat Green Bay and New England. Very confident. And at Chicago's weird. No, I, I, let me stop you there, Bobby. No. Chicago at home, as the weather turns a little bit, that's not a gimme. Chicago's got some good players. They're not playing well, too. They might fire their coach. They might fire their coach, and it could flip. I, I'm not even going to get there. Of, of course, they should beat Chicago. But I, these next two games are home. I'm a season ticket holder, I'm there. With my wife and son, I need to see better football as I sit in my seats. I need to see better execution. I think the passion's pretty good. I'm a body language guy. I haven't seen a lot of bad body language or anything like that. Uh, Quickly, just a couple of sound bites. Mick Lombardi on the offensive side of the ball, uh, as he spoke to the media yesterday, on getting Mayer more involved. You got a tight end, a young Dave Casper that I'm led to believe can make plays, how do you get him going?
2: It does sometimes, for sure. Um, he obviously is every every week is going to have a big role in the running game just by the nature of his position. But we have to get involved more in the passing game. We want to get more involved in the passing game. Uh, that goes for every skilled player. But um, since he's on the field so much, we definitely have to do that moving forward, and we're going to try to do that on a weekly basis because I think he deserves some opportunities to catch the football. Um, he was productive in camp, productive in the preseason for us. And, you know, that's our job to try and give him the football and see what he can do with the ball in his hands. So Yeah,
0: yeah they got to get him the football. you gotta, you got to have drives. You can't go three and out. That's the easiest part about this. One football, Devontae needs it every two out of three times. Do we all agree? I agree with that. So every three times you throw the ball, I give it to Devontae twice. Holy crap, how are you going to get a football? How's Hunter, Jacoby, and are going to get the football if you give it to Devontae every two out of three times? Well, it's easy. I'm not a math major. You just go. On a nine-play drive, you go on an eleven-play drive, and everybody will get some touches. Other than Devonte Adams, how about Trey Tucker? How about some jet sweeps? How about getting him to go deep downfield and make a big play?
2: Trey was a uh, Trey was uh, Trey was ready to go on Sunday. You know, T- Tay went down with his injury, so um, that left Jacoby and Hunter, and then Trey and and DeAndre in the three receiver groupings to kind of go four for three there. Um, so he he got out there quick and knew what to do. I was proud of him, man. They. You know, Coach Bennett did a great job on the sideline getting those guys prepared, you know, making sure they knew what Tay's role was in case Tay wasn't going to return to the game. Um, So he got out there on a second down and, you know, got open on a route and the ball went to JJ, but, you know, proud of him knowing what to do and getting open. And, you know, for sure, I think now that we're a month into the season, you're kind of found out who you are and who those guys are. And we've had them now for about eight weeks now, including camp. So um, definitely, definitely going to have fun, you know, these next few weeks kind of just okay, these, this is what they can do well. Here's what we have to get them involved on, and I think we're, we're going to try and do that on a weekly basis with Michael and with him because they deserve it.
0: I agree with that. I think Mick Lombardi knows what he needs to do. He needs to get these guys involved. He told that to the media. We're going to get them involved. We're going to have fun. We're going to open it up with them. Okay, I'm ready. I'm, believe me, I'm ready for that. I want to see this offense click as we bring in Kevin Bollinger, Sports director at Fox 5, kind enough to join us as he's in the locker room, he's at practice, and a proud partner of the Silver and Black. So let's begin, Kevin, as we wait for Jimmy Garoppolo, the status in all of this. You are in L.A. with Aiden O'Connell. How'd you see the flow of the game and his performance, even though he had multiple turnovers?
3: Well, I think the important part is it got better as the game progressed. Uh, so whether that was a comfort level uh, or not, uh, I'm not sure, but, but you could see improvement and, and a little bit more c- command of what was going on in the second half as they started to do it. I mean, Khalil Mack was just incredible. And, uh, you know, the, oh, some of that stuff, uh, uh, you know, was, was not all on Aiden O'Connell. But I did like, uh, in terms of, of, you know, when you talk about getting more people involved in the offense, getting Josh Jacobs involved in the passing game out of the backfield. He found him as his release valve on a lot of plays, and they turned that into a lot of positives there. Josh Jacobs talked a lot about how he wants to become a better receiver, and he's worked really hard at catching the ball out of the backfield. So to have that extra tool uh, I think will be great. So I did like that out of O'Connell as well. And, you know, let's let's face it, first game in the NFL, there's going to be some growing pains as it Mm -hmm. goes along. Uh, but I, I do like the way that he progressed as things went through into the second
0: half. Uh, Kevin, love your opinion on what which, what you're seeing on the field and in the press box and in the locker room with Josh Jacobs. I don't mind if he's – you know, I know he's going to say he doesn't like losing. Most great players say that. But do you feel like he's finding that gear now where he could truly be counted on in games to maybe get close to 100 yards? 50 yards doesn't do much for me. 100 yards does. That's a place he lived at last year. Do you sense that it's going to be more of the passing game or more of the running game now, considering the opponents? Well,
3: I think they kind of go hand-in-hand. Hand. If, if the passing game opens up, I think it's going to help out Josh Jacobs get some yardage on the ground. It's been a struggle this year, uh, and, and it's frustrating uh, for, for, I know, Raider Nation has been frustrating for this football team. Uh, but I, I think that you know coming in late, there's football shape and there's in shape. I think he came in shape, but I think that it, that we're going to start seeing him hit his stride here as we go through it. You know, you look at this schedule, the gap in the schedule where the Raiders need to make some noise right here and get some momentum, and Josh Jacobs needs to, to get some momentum and, and the offensive line needs to get some momentum with the running game here over the next few weeks. So uh, I think we can consistently see him getting back to, to maybe doing that on the ground. But, and it's going to keep defenses honest knowing that, that he can release and catch the ball and do some damage there as well.
0: Kevin Bollinger is our guest. Uh, Kevin, the momentum I said before you came on, the only momentum I can see is they have to have sustained drives. You know, Unless you're going to have a big bomb on, on second down and boom, you score, that's rare and we're waiting on Jimmy G, so it's going to have to be sustained drives. Do you believe that's really the only way to get more of these players involved? Because they're heavy, Devontae, which I'm good with, but other guys, they're not standing around. The ball's just not coming to them yet.
3: Well, and, you know, the sustained drives is is, uh, beneficial for the defense as well. Uh, You know, you're asking a lot of that defensive front of Max Crosby without a whole lot of help. Uh, and that takes a lot of energy for what he does. So if you can get some sustained offensive drives and give them a little bit of rest along the way, I think it's going to help on both sides of the ball. Uh, but yeah, I think sustained drives are going to be huge. We're all waiting for Hunter Renfro to be uh, somebody who gets involved uh, in some of these these offensive series as well. Uh, and if they can kind of uh, spread out the distribution a little bit, uh, then I think it's going to maybe open up Devontae maybe on a big ball every once in a while or open up Josh Jacobs on a big run uh, as well. So uh, I agree with you, but I think it's it's the help that it's going to give the defense, if they can get the sustained drive, that's going to be the ultimate beneficial factor for the Raiders in the long run.
0: Kevin, the defense shut out. Justin Herbert, I know he got banged up at the very end of the game here, but I like the momentum that the defense has. They needed to pitch a shutout on the road, put their team in a position to win the offense. So I think they can build around that with Patrick Graham. They can't let the game get out of control in the first half. That senses, that's that been happening, and then they fight back. But I like the way the defense played in the final 30 minutes. Is that the strength of the team until the offense wakes up is maybe this defense can put together a full, complete game?
3: <laughs> I, I, I just got to chuckle because the strength of the, of the team and defense has not been two phrases that have gone together with the Raiders for many, many years, right? Uh, but I, I think that they're getting some swagger going here. We talked to Trayvon Merrick after the game. He got the first turnover of the season for the Raiders way too late in game four to get your first turnover, but I think that that they're starting to kind of get get that mojo feel. To, in the second half, you saw it building a little bit. The last couple of games, Crosby's been getting a little bit more pressure uh, uh, on the quarterback, and, and I think that it's just a trickle-down effect. So, yeah, I think the, the Im- impact that the defense can have uh, it could be huge. And the fact that they're, they're fairly healthy for the most part right now in terms of, of a lot of the key players, once they get Hobbs back, that's the, the huge one right there. Uh, but, but I like the, the swagger that they play with in the second half. All
0: right, Kevin, what's at stake here? You're a partner of the Raiders. We're here. You're working. I'm working throughout the whole season, no matter what the record is. But I think there is an alarming sense of urgency with the upcoming schedule and getting a home game on Monday night football to win a game at all costs. Don't bring everything out, every play, whatever you have to do to win this game. Are you sensing that around the team?
3: Yeah, they you know, they need to get off the shot. You look at the schedule and I go I go back to the schedule, but you know, when you compartmentalize schedules in the sections, you know, th- this is an area here where the Raiders, you know, should be picking up some, some Ws here through here and get maybe a little win streak to get back on track and uh, they've got to protect home field. I know there were a lot of Steelers fans there for that Sunday night game. I know there are going to be a ton of Packer fans there on Monday Night Football, but the, you got to go out there and win games and make people not want to give up their tickets because they're going out and seeing a great product on the field, and um, that's why winning at home uh, has an added factor, and I'd like to, to see that start on Monday with the Raiders uh, to, to come out and, and do that and You you want to make it so it is the place to be when they have a home game in town for any event Mm -hmm. in town, and that's what they have to build.
0: Thank you, Kevin. We'll see you out there. We know you got a lot of coverage coming in on Fox 5, especially with the Golden Knights about to start, your great Raiders coverage. Thanks for joining us every two weeks. I appreciate you.
3: You got it. Thanks, JT.
0: Kevin Bollinger, Fox 5. Charles Woodson coming up here at the bottom of the hour. Charles is going to come in here. I'm not telling, I haven't been texting him back and forth, but uh, we're going to get Charles to talk about what's going on with this team. I can promise you that. We're going to get Charles, we're going to get his opinion because he's around the team. He's at the games. He sits with the owner. He's at the events. So we're going to see what Charles has to say about this. And he played for the Packers and won a Super Bowl. Thor in Vegas, Black Hole. Start us off. Go ahead. JT,
1: what's happening, my brother? Um, I was just going to echo a few things you said earlier, man. I- Honestly, we don't want to hear whining and crying and none of that, man. Get out to games. Get out to events. I, if you can't make it out, say you're a Raider fan in New York or you're a Raider fan in Chicago or L.A. or we're at the Bay and you can't make it, represent. Go hard for this team. Stop. We got winnable games coming up. We Two of the three games we lost were very winnable. We need to start putting it together. Like, there's no time to to start like, getting on the team, like that's not going to help. If you're a Raider fan, be a Raider fan. Help this team win by any means. If that's giving them as much encouragement as you can, do it. Because that's, that's, that's the only thing we can do to help. So get in there, get loud, whether you're out there or if you're at your local Raider bar in Timbuktu, wherever it may be. But...
0: I agree, Thor. Thank you. Outstanding. You know, not everybody has to be happy or encouraged, but you should be behind your team. I know my lane. I don't get in the way of Raider fans at all who want to talk about the team and wanting to win and how disappointed they are. I don't get in the way of them. I just, you know, sometimes I wonder out loud in front of a microphone Every time I talk amongst friends, like when I sit at the Black Hole tailgate or the Torch and we really are able to talk face-to-face, I understand what every Raider fan's going through. I do. I've been doing this 25 years with the team. But I don't understand the fans that are throwing kerosene on a fire and wanting to fast-forward a fire into a forest fire. But that's fandom, and you're always going to have fans doing that with every team. Charles Woodson joins us. This should be good. Charles got an NFL deal with the Raiders with his Woodson bourbon whiskey. He was there for the Stabler ceremony, and I'm sure he'll have a lot to say next.
4: This JT The Brick Legends moment is brought to you by M Resort, the official team headquarters hotel of the Las Vegas Raiders.
5: We'll see. It all, it all, it's all based, it's a production business. It's all based on how we play on Monday. So you, 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 get, you get an extra day, extra day of rest for the players. We'll see how it plays out. It's all based on how we perform on Monday.
0: It's Patrick Graham, Once a Raider, Always a Raider, brought to you by Woodson Bourbon Whiskey. Not your average bourbon, it's unique, it's finished in the same wine barrels that Charles makes his wine, which gives it a spicy, spicy caramel finish, it's fantastic, and as we always say, if it's not, not at your local bar or casino, let me know, we'll let Charles know, and we'll get it in there, as the Hall of Famer is kind enough to join us. Charles, great to talk to you, I know you're busy, how you been? man?
5: am right, doing great, JP, how are you?
0: Really good. Uh, jump right into it because you played for the Packers. You're a Raider legend here. It's go time here out in Vegas. You've been at the games. You were on the field for the Stabler presentation. What have you seen as you sit in the box and look down on the field and what the Raiders need to do to correct this season?
5: Yeah, I feel like that's a tough question right mm-hmm. out of the box. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I'm saying? What do they need to do? But, man, I just – uh man. You know, I, I – it's a frustrating feeling because it's like you look at the at the game and it's like there's something missing and you just can't like pinpoint what exactly that it is Mm -hmm. you know uh we feel like they have the offensive weapons to you know move the ball up and down the field but it does just seem like it, it clicks the way it's supposed to um we have situations where you know uh defensively where there's opportunities there to get off the field and you know, either we let a, a you know quarterback scramble out of the pocket and pick up the first down, or or, or you know, or, uh, my man, um, <laughs> you know misses the interception.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: Uh, Peter misses an in- interception that go for, back for a touchdown. So you know there's these opportunities that we have out there, and it seems like we just aren't able to capitalize on those on those opportunities. And I think in order for us to you know be able to come back come back in the game like the Chargers and win that game. We've got to capitalize on those type of opportunities. So I just feel like we're missing those big plays, those big moments um, that, that gives us momentum in the game and, and helps us overcome at the end of the game.
0: Charles Woodson joins us also as an analyst for Fox. When you see a scheme on defense, and Patrick Graham has had success with other teams with his defensive scheme and philosophy, you know, You try to get players. You're a veteran at times. You were a young player. You went to the Super Bowl with the Raiders really early in your career and won a Super Bowl with the Packers when everyone isn't on the same page yet. What are those practices like coming off a loss? Do you want to get back into pads because there's not a lot of padded practices? Do you want to work on tackling because the Raiders have had a lot of missed tackling? Or do you put more extra time in film and trying to communicate better? I know it's a a big-picture question, but how did you do it when you played?
5: Yeah, I think it was more uh, of communication and understanding what that offense was trying to do to you. I, for me, that's the most important thing. I think, um, you know, and everybody has their, their own way of doing things. Some people feel like you got to, you know, get the guys back out there on the field and pass and bang around and all that sort of thing. But for me, it was always just trying to understand what that offense was trying to do and making sure that everybody on, their, on the defense uh, was on the same page because that, that's how you – that's how you're going to stop teams in those big moments is, you know, everyone being in their gap um, in whatever zone you're in, in the back end, make sure everyone's in their zone. And just just starting to understand, you know, the concepts that you're going to get hit with, you know, because especially a a common opponent, opponent, like you play um, against the Chargers, even though they have a, a new offensive coordinator, you know, you start seeing things pop up all the time and you just have to be ready for them in the right situation. Uh, so I, I feel like it's all about really the film, uh, going out on the uh, on the field and, and, and being able to uh, carry over what you saw in the film to the field, so that when you go out there uh, on Sundays or, or Monday nights, uh, like coming up this week, that you're able to play fast, and, and that's when yeah. you start to see t- 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 start to get better when you're playing fast.
0: Charles Woodson joins us. Woodson Bourbon Whiskey, build your legend, proud partner of our show. Charles, I want to mention you were a captain for much of your career, Devontae, Max, and Josh Jacobs. Those are three players they can get vocal at times. A couple of them could be frustrated at once, but they're the type of leaders that can turn a one-in-three season around, the type of leaders when they speak in the locker room to their teammates or even the media, the message gets out. Can you touch on those three players, Max, Devontae, and Josh, and what they can do to help this turnaround?
5: Yeah, you know, those guys are, like you mentioned, they they are the leaders. And and, and you know these guys, or you know the other players on the team are going to listen to those guys. And I think first and foremost, you know, that leadership comes in practice. And each of these guys I know they practice hard. I know how Max practices. I remember talking to Derek Carr about how Max practices each and every day in practice. So that's going to be uh, first and foremost. Uh, But at the same time, you know, um, JT, it ain't just about practice. I mean, Mm -hmm. Max needs some help. Max needs some help, man. You know, he needs some help along that defensive line. Um, I don't feel like we, we still don't get that push up the middle of the field. So it's one thing to be a, a, a leader and be vocal and show guys how hard you work. But how, how can I get that help, you know, throughout the line of scrimmage, man, that, that help feed the quarterback into my hands? And, and he doesn't have that. And then, uh, you know, with, with, with Jacobs, you know, we haven't gotten that run game going. Uh, when you look at last year, you got your rushing leader, and then you come into this year. Um, It's frustrating. Uh, So these these guys are frustrated, and you can hear it, you know, when they talk at the games in in their interviews that it's it's, it's frustrating. I mean, look, Mm -hmm. JT, I've been around the organization a long time, and I've been on a lot of bad teams, you know, with the Raiders, and it's frustrating, and the the team's frustrated, the fans are frustrated, and you can just see it bubbling up. Um, But you just – you're hoping – uh, that in the locker room and on the practice field that those guys, you know, are the voices to the rest of the team just to keep them calm and, and just try to tell them, hey, man, you know, we'll get it turned around. But, at, you know, at some point, JT, man, if things don't get turned around, mm-hmm. then, I mean, th- th- those voices are only going to get louder in their frustration.
0: Charles Woodson, as we wrap it up. So what's it like now with Fox, your kids, going to their games, the activations you have in Vegas? What a deal you put together with the Raiders, which is fantastic. You have business in Michigan and in Wisconsin and all around the country. What's a typical week like for you when you and your wife plan out what you're doing from Sunday all the way to the following Saturday night?
5: Yeah, man, it it can get tough at times. (laughs) Uh, You know, you mentioned – you know, we got the kids, you know, you're trying to get them off to school each and every morning. And, uh, you know, this, this this year has been, you know, a, a tough one for us because our kids are going to different schools. One's on one side of town, one's on the other side of town. So uh, you're getting up earlier, you know, trying to get one to the other side of town. So it's, it's been hectic, but we, we make it work. And, and, you know, being, you know, the kids games and, and watch them go out there and perform and make plays and, you know, just make their parents proud, man, is a lot of fun. Um, and then, you know, from there, you know, I'm, I'm on the phone or on a text constantly with uh, either my Intercept team or my and Whiskey team, you know, mm-hmm. trying to plan out the week. Uh, we got a big weekend, you know, coming up this week, uh, store signing at Smith's. we got Mandalay Bay in the Sand District on Monday with a pre-party. Uh, Mandalay, um, uh, 8 Lounge will be mm-hmm. there at, for a time on Sunday. So, you know, you, you got to try to be, um, you know, you, you got to be able to juggle you know, I can't juggle in real life, but I can juggle, you know, in terms of juggling, you know, like balls and shit like that. But I can, I can juggle what I got to do in terms of personal and business. So it keeps everything interesting, keeps me on my toes, man. And uh, I enjoy every minute of it.
0: All right, Charles, I'll talk to you. I'll see you Uh, again. Thanks for the partnership on the radio, everything you do. Raider fans needed to hear from you. I know the respect and the legacy you have with the Packers. This is a big game for a lot of people in Vegas, and hopefully they all have a Woodson bourbon whiskey with them, drive responsibly or intercept. And I can't wait to see you out here soon, Charles. Thank you.
5: Absolutely! Just let everybody know that Saturday is National Woodson Whiskey Day. Yes. So make sure you get you a bottle, get you a bottle of Woodson Whiskey, and, and cheers with me for my birthday, man.
0: Your birthday is this Saturday.
5: My, my birthday is this Saturday.
0: Happy this Happy birthday, I will text you that day. Yeah. Thanks, Charles. <laughs> Have a great one.
5: For sure, appreciate it. All right, All Char- right thank
0: you. you got it, Charles Woodson. Nice. His birthday Saturday. I like that. His birthday Saturday, and. Bobby, that's good. I will bring a bottle. I actually am bringing a bottle to Coachella as I'm going to Coachella for the weekend. I'll be back. I'll be back. I'll be back. But a uh, boys weekend. I deserve one. We're going to get a good one. Thanks to the great Charles Woodson who joined us. I think he covered off on everything from the scheme to the locker room to the captains. What He's played on some frustrating Raider teams going forward. So this is an important time for Charles Woodson. And Charles Woodson is ready to go uh Jorge in San Jose you're up next thanks for waiting go ahead
6: hey JT thanks for taking my call you know um it it was great to hear Charles Woodson. it was great to hear him talk about just his experience and I think you know uh, he made an important point about starting strong and I feel like that was one of the ways that the Raiders even leading up to last season uh we're good at, you know, Josh McDaniels and and the team were able to score on the first drive. And I think that needs to happen again. It hasn't happened in the last two games. And so, you know, I'll make it quick. The two things is you have to score a touchdown on the first drive Mm -hmm. in order to be able to manage the game and hopefully take a knee at the end of the game. But that is just one of the important parts. Score a touchdown. Don't punt. Don't get three points make sure to keep that going again. I don't know if it's because teams have figured it out, but I feel like he's always a good planner and is able to get us at least to a point where we're manageable. So that's my take on it this mm-hmm. week. JT, I hope the Packers, you know, the game's good. And again, score on the first drive. Yeah. Raider Nation unite. Yeah,
0: thank you. It'd be nice if they opened up and scored. Again, we're going to wait. There's no practice today and we're going to have to wait for the Jimmy G status coming up and, Am I concerned? Yeah, I'm, I'm concerned. I need to know Jimmy G is going to play. I really do. I, I really do need to know Jimmy G is going to be able to go. I would assume he'd be ready to go, but I don't assume anything when it comes to the NFL and the trainers and the doctors. So I don't assume anything. But as a fan, need Jimmy G if he can go to go. And he will go. If he can go, he'll go, depending on what the protocol is here. So that's one of the things that we're going to keep an eye on Uh, Kevin Bollinger, Vinny, and all the insiders that we have on this week. Will is in Denver, Colorado, listening on the Raiders mobile app. Thank you.
4: What's up, JT? How are you doing I'm doing good. Thank you. Hey, thanks for having me on. I just want to say, you know, first of all, being here in Denver, being a Raiders fan, it's uh, it's a hard life living in Denver, rooting for the Raiders. But, hey, uh, someone's got to do it. Hmm. I got to say, though, and this is something the Broncos are going through this right now, too and we heard it a couple of weeks ago and they got boat raced by the dolphins mm-hmm. you know their their team is tired of the losing culture and i'm telling you right now i think that's a big part of this puzzle with the raiders right mm-hmm. now is there's a, not a winning culture we were a playoff team 2 years ago but it feels mm-hmm. like a decade ago with with some of the roster changes mm-hmm. that have happened and i just feel like there's got to be some kind of culture change where you got these high energy high motor guys like max you got Devonte, who's got a you know for the most part a championship pedigree, but we don't have those guys that have been there. I want, I mean, I I don't know how many playoff games we got under our belt combined on this roster. But the other thing that I want to say is I we haven't really seen a sense of urgency with this team yet. Whether it you know Josh got asked in a in a post game conference why didn't you get up tempo? Well, I didn't feel like it was the, the right point of the game that they started to, or for us to go up tempo. Well. Now, it, there has to be a sense of urgency. It's, mm-hmm. not, it's not let's wait and trust the process because if we keep trusting the process, the process is going to suck even more. And mm-hmm. it's time for a sense of urgency and for these guys to play with yeah. the pride and to get it done and, and, and finish. Mm-hmm. Just finish for crying out loud, man. That, yeah. That's what I want to see, okay. JT.
0: Thank you. Appreciate it. I agree with you on the sense of urgency. If you've listened to me for 25 minutes or 25 years, I've said it all the time. That's just a fan in me. I'd like to see the pace pick up. And Lincoln Kennedy last year, when I asked him about that, Lincoln had the best answer. He goes, they can't play fast. The offensive line's too young and not good enough. You can't give the offensive line more. If you want to play fast, you have to have the offensive line play better and understand the snap count, not huddling, and doing a good job. That was last year. Well, last year they led the league in rushing. Well, they had the leading rusher. This year... I don't know. Can they play faster? What worries me in every game, because the Raiders haven't had any separation this year, right, they haven't been up big, and I think they have the offense that can at times go up big by two scores, 10, 13 points, is that when I look at the clock in the third quarter and it says seven minutes left, not a minute to go in the third, seven minutes left, why are they huddling? Well, you have to huddle. You have to have tempo. Tempo. Not anymore. You're one in three. Do something different. Play faster. You don't have to, you don't have to go up-tempo every series. But surprise the other team by going up-tempo with seven minutes to go in the third quarter. And the problem is if you got guys jumping off sides, guys not playing smart, then you go backwards. And that's how you go from first and 10 to first and 15 to second and 30. But these are pros. These are professional football players who made it through college, made it through the practice squad, and are playing in the NFL they have to be demanded to play fast and do things at a professional level. And that's what I always say. I don't want to hear that our guys aren't as good as them so we can't play up-tempo. What are you talking about? Any team could beat any team in the NFL. Look at the Houston Texans and C.J. Stroud. That guy's coming in. He's had three games of 250 yards, passing, and two touchdowns. He just came into the league. So there are other teams that can do it. I think the Raiders have the ability to do it better. They just haven't... What have I been saying for a month now? They just aren't playing well. I don't think they're a bad team. I think they're a team that's trying to find their identity and play better football. And they're not playing better for a number of reasons. I don't want to go down the injury road too much, but Jimmy G's in protocol. Devontae's been banged up more than once, more than once so far. Jacoby Myers missed a week. Right? With seeing play Josh Jacobs was not, I want I don't want to say he wasn't ready. He's claiming he was ready. But not being a part of the preseason, I don't think, helped. So with all that combined, they need to play better football. Unfortunately, they haven't proven, Bobby, that they can flip the switch. A lot of other teams can flip. Like, Cincinnati's 1-3. and They might get to a point this year where they flip a switch and they win six in a row. I don't know if the Raiders can do that right now. We'll see. They got a chance to do it on Monday night. Hey, you'll be blown away by La Casa Cigar that's in lounge at Tivoli Village. Right across the street from our other partner, the DeCassoverde Law Group. Right there, I stepped into their walk in humidor, over 500 cigar labels. I spent a half hour there. Plus, the lounge features one of the greatest whiskey, scotch, and bourbon selections in the entire valley. Plus, they have live music. La Casa Cigars. Find me there at Tivoli Village. Well, Jimmy would be, I mean, we're waiting and see, and we're still in that same, under the same, uh, you know, conversation we were last week until he clears. So he would have to clear first, and then we could talk about, you know, that. But, yeah, if, if he is, then that's what we do. Well, we're waiting on Jimmy Garoppolo, and we'll know tomorrow. So we'll find out tomorrow, and that's going to be a big question asked in his status going forward. I would hope that he'd be able to go. Because with Jimmy Garoppolo, he's due for a good game. For everybody who's been critical of Jimmy, fair enough. I thought the balls come out beautifully on a couple of big throws. Just look at it. Just look at some of the completions and touchdowns and throws. The problem is, there's some interceptions mixed in at an alarming rate. And you can look at the one at the end of the game, the last ball he threw away. It was the last play of the game against the Steelers. The tip ball in Buffalo, a tip, but they still count. They're interceptions. So I think Jimmy's due to play better football, even when he played with the Niners, and Niner fans know who listened to the show. Even if Jimmy had a subpar game in San Francisco, Santa Clara, he would bounce back and play a better game. That's why he won all these games. He played on good teams that was smart, explosive, didn't make mistakes, and he got the ball out quickly. So for those who are saying, well, Jimmy can't throw it deep, he hasn't had time. He hasn't had the ability to step up in a clean pocket. The old line's got to figure that out. And then Jimmy, if he comes in and plays this game, And I can't believe I said if. (laughs) I hope he plays this game, and I'm counting on it. Then Jimmy can have a bounce-back game, get a win at home, get Devontae happy because he beat his former team, and then they sit at home and wait for Belichick to come, and they're struggling. And that's how you can put multiple games together. Uh, The captain in Vegas on 920 here locally. What's happening?
7: Hey, this is – I don't want to jam you up with a non sequitur, but Charles Woodson, I I have a fabulous – story in mm-hmm. 1993 1994 i got to work with former uh, Cornhusker corn husker and uh, raider qb david home yes he he gave me my first job in vegas working with the las vegas posse mm-hmm. and i'd always talk to him about raider history and who the best players ever coffee you know during his era and then you know that that disease ravaged david uh, mm-hmm. yes. there, there in the end mm-hmm. and uh we were talking one day. I stayed in contact with him, and I hope you have your seven-second delay on No,
0: no just don't use bad language. Just tell us the story <laughs> okay. in, in mainstream. I, I, I,
7: I will imply. Mm-hmm. Um, I, he said, you know what, Captain? You know, you've always asked me about my favorite players. Uh, this was in 1990, like, 98. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he says, Charles Blanking Woodson. I changed my mind. This is the best raider I have ever seen. Mm. So, uh, nice I just thought it. that was uh, uh, was a goosebump moment. Good, you
0: know. I'm happy you had that moment, and thanks for sharing David Hum stories, because David was a dear friend of mine, and I started my raider career on the pregame show with David Hum, George Atkinson, and Artie Gigantino, way back. And my first pregame show was in 1998, and. That. Those are the guys I knew. Those are the guys. And David was never there. He was always in Vegas because of his disease and what he was fighting for and fighting through. So when I got a chance to meet David and come down and see him in Vegas, and I've lived here a long time, really a game changer. David Hum on my life. And the day that Mark Davis declared the David Hum broadcast booth up there where the broadcast emanates from with Jason Horowitz and Lincoln Kennedy And that brought tears to my eye. And then last week, I didn't tell you this story, Bobby. Last week, our partner at La Casa Cigars, they're in S-Lot. So I go to J-Lot with the Black Hole. Then I go to S-Lot to see uh, this crew. And the Hum family, the Hum family, that's where they tailgate. So David's sister and the family's there. They were really excited to see me because I haven't seen them in a while uh, since the tributes to David Hum. So that's going to be my new routine. J-Lot, Black Hole, Black Hole. S-lot a little bit, then up to the torch, and then we go from there. And then it's the post-game show, and hopefully it's a victory. Because I need me a victory on the Modelo post-game show. I need it, and I think we're going to get one. I really do feel that. Leroy Butler will join us tomorrow at this time. A little bit earlier, but about 1245, Leroy Butler. And then we're going to have some of the some cool people. We're going to preview what's happening at the Shriners Open. And then one of the most inspirational men that I've ever met, Simon Keith, the first recipient of a heart transplant, the soccer legend, and his big, big event that's coming up. He's gonna be in studio tomorrow, which I always look forward to.